learned a new word and the word I learned is tantamount <laughs> and I'm so excited and I've been looking for when and where I would use it and today happens to be the day I will use it because I have received really amazing compliments but the compliments I have received on this podcast is one of a kind it is tantamount <laughs> to how I genuinely feel for you I don't know how I got so insecure yet so beautiful but imposter syndrome wanted to choke me but we are getting better I am basking in all the love thank you for always listening to me I think taking a break to do life on my own outside of the family was one of the scariest thing I have ever had to do and one of the top five things I am grateful to God I did or I am doing because um hmm, you have been you have been amazing and I feel like my journey to this place is why I can experience you the way I am experiencing you now. And I don't take you for granted. My name is Anita Omonimi, also known as NEV. If you're just listening for the first time, please go and listen to the previous episodes. My intro is to my best episode so far. It had people talking. And now I really do love that episode. It was the scariest episode for me, but it is my favorite episode so far. If you're already a part of, of edits, welcome back. And guess what? You and I are global now. This podcast is currently being listened to in over five countries. In Ethiopia, Estonia, Italy. Like, I'm like, oh, global now. We're international. <laughs> it's not in Cotonou yet, but I hope it gets there. Because I just like that country. And yeah, I finished from Cotonou. So I have a sentiment for Cotonou. Um, on the last podcast, I said I was going to talk about where I am. How I got on radio, TV, and all of that, but I'm not going to really dwell or dive into it deeply. I'm just going to, you know, touch base and then we will just keep moving forward with life because what's the point of always going backward? You know what I mean? We need to move forward. But, um, so when I left university, I didn't move back home. I was supposed to, but my friend had, had gotten an apartment while I was in school. She was house hunting on the island. So I already knew I was going to move straight to the island and not go back home. So yeah, I moved from school straight to an apartment hmm. straight to an apartment i left school and i went straight to an apartment i left my family i left my house i wanted to be an independent black woman this is the part where you get <laughs> i wanted to pursue career you know there was nothing in the bank like that though but hmm. when i just moved out i used to go home every week every blessed week i went home I'd never lived outside of my country before. I never lived outside of family. Okay, country. I lived out as a country, outside of country because of school. But you know how school is now. You have friends. You meet people. That's not really adulting yet. You know, so moving out of school straight to an apartment to do life on my own was mentally challenging. Now imagine moving out of Nigeria to a new country was more than mentally challenging. But I knew I had to. I had put so much pressure on myself. I had taken too much on myself. I needed to breathe. I wasn't breathing. I, I felt choked, you know. So when I first moved from school to my apartment in Lagos, I had no manual. No serious money. No bl- blueprint on what adult thing was going to look like. Nothing. The first week I moved into the apartment, I remember crying on the road. It was not really a road, it was an estate, but it was a road that led to my house. Because my friend who had just finished from NYC had moved from Ibadan to Lagos. And coincidentally, her house was like five minutes walk away from my house. 
I should have just stayed in her house and cried my cry. But, you know, I wanted to go home and cry because I, I never liked people seeing me cry. It just made me feel like I was weak. So I didn't want to cry in her house. I wanted to go home and cry. But she decided to walk me home, daddy. She decided to follow me. So the tears caught me on the mirror. It's like I was holding the tears till I got home. But knowing that she was still going to follow me home and I, was, I just busted the tears on the road. I can still remember the confusion on her face. And all she kept doing was trying to console me and say it would be okay. Of course, I know it would be okay. I was just having a meltdown because I've never done this before. I was scared. I was panicking. I, I was just, I was just everywhere. So when I was leaving Nigeria too, coming to a new country, away from the family, away from family, I wept. I tell you, I was shamelessly weeping. But this time, I was weeping because of a whole lot more. You know, there were so many emotions. There was fear, there was confusion, there was sadness, there was the expectation, there was time. I was like time I felt like time was against me. I needed to heal on time. I needed to know myself on time. I didn't have time in life. Like I'm not younger. I'm going to be 30. There was just too much pressure on myself. But again, I was moving to a strange and new location, away from family, from love, from loved ones, but I had to. I was sitting on that plane when it dawned on me that, hmm, you are moving again to go and do life alone by yourself. When will you stop? What are you running from? Why do you always have to move? Where are you running to? If you don't figure it out now, when would you stop running anyway? I didn't know how long I was going to be gone for, but I knew I was going to go back to Nigeria. When I moved into my apartment in Lagos, I, I, didn't, I knew I wasn't going to go back home. But coming to this country, I knew I was going to go back. Um, but in that Lagos too, as I moved into that apartment, as I told myself I wasn't going to go back home, I tell you I was going home every week. I was going home every two weeks. In fact, every week first for months before the two two weeks. But now I'm going to a country where I cannot just carry my bag and say I'm going home every week or I'm going home weekend. I'm going home for a month. I don't think anybody prepares you for the distance the emotions that come with distance. I don't think anyone prepares you. There's no how you can prepare yourself for that. It will still choke you. Anyway, I didn't know how long I was going to be gone for, but I knew I was going to come back. You know, um, hmm. I, I decided to withdraw from family because I, I didn't know how to do distance. All my life, my family, we've all been in each other's faces. I'd never done that kind of distance but for relationships i find myself doing distance and i like distance i don't know why maybe because i feel like family has taken up all the space of love and attention i can give that person so i really never know how to mix and match i really never know how to balance it like if i'm with a person i love i'm completely here if i'm with family i'm completely here but right now i was hoping i could balance family relationship and distance all in one place but hmm, like i said nobody prepares you for it anyway when i just moved from school to um that apartment in lagos Aja precisely that was when the idea of podcast first of all marinated but um, i set everything in motion but then i thought to myself i couldn't do it so instead of doing podcast i pushed podcast aside and i started to make skits my friend then that saw me on the road crying that i was with that lives close to my house was one that even spoke to me about doing skits like girl you're funny you're a great actor you know yada yada but shame wanted to wound me how can i be doing skits at this age how will i be fooling myself on instagram at this age what would my dad say you know what would church members say am i even funny am i that funny or i'm just trying to keep myself busy you know anyway i started to do skits my siblings were supportive but of course (laughs) 
my mom was in and out my friends became you know my motivators they will repost my skits my brothers even posted on the page you know we started doing skits i never spoke about my shame or my abolition or how fully myself on the internet made me feel then i didn't even know what i had was abolition it was recently doing therapy and all of that i found out that it was abolition and abolition is actually a thing you should pay attention to you can actually google it just in case you know and people had never started doing skits and all of that at this time and I think this is the first time she will ever hear it because I've never admitted and I even I never talked about it that commercializing my skits made me sad. I've been acting all my life. So now acting because I wanted people to pay me for adverts didn't really sit well with me because I knew for every skit I put out, um, there was a trigger for me, you know. Apart from the fact that my dad, my mom, all people say, you know, um, but it was stressing me out. It was stressing me out because I had eyes on me and at that time like i told you in my previous podcast i didn't want eyes on me you know but at the same time i needed something to keep me busy i i also didn't like the fact that i was selling my talent it felt to me like i was selling my talent because at the time i was not doing it for fun you know there was so much pressure um it was not a source of pressure for me it was now like a source of income so i it was not looking like a job but i loved acting growing up i never got paid for it now i'm trying to use it to get money you know and I was too proud to ask family for money. I was too proud to ask friends for money. So I was ready to do the work. There were some things I thought, you know, were more important to me than money, which was my acting. But hello, and my mentality has changed and has since developed. And right now, at this time, Westkit is making money and social media is welcoming back there. <laughs> welcoming back there. You know, but at that time, you know, um, skits were not the way they are right now. Anyway. What was in my head then was radio, not skits. But at the time, getting on, getting a radio job seemed impossible. So I was advised by my friend to find something I love doing and make it a job, you know. So please don't judge me for this thing I was, I'm, I'm about to say next. I don't know if it is to call it stupidity or confusion. But I would, me, me by myself, I would go to celebrities. <laughs> I would message celebrities telling them I love to, I love kids. Because honestly, I do love kids. If you see me with children... That's my mood button. If you leave me with a child like this, you think I'm a child myself. So I'll DM them and tell them I love babies and I can take care of their child. Or if they had friends that had babies, I could be like a celebrity nanny. <laughs> I was delusional. Jeez. I don't know why I thought anybody would meet me off the internet and have me take care of their kids. In this era where everybody's trying to, you know, protect themselves. I'm not even joking. Some celebrities, I'm sure if they're checking their DM, they'll still find it because I'm not one to always go back to um on send messages except you know yeah you have like some personal <laughs> i cannot send but i know that there's one person i remember sending to very well is potential we met at a beach house party and she was so sweet to me i felt like oh i could dm her and tell her i could take care of her kids i hope i didn't send message because i know she read that message and just ignored me truly now god they say mumu like I, i'm just <laughs> let me just go on anyway let me just move on because i'm so embarrassed now that i think about the things i did Anyway, while I was DMing people, I DMed um, Nidu, Nidu of Azobia FM. It was a PG radio station, but, you know, I was up for the tax. And as much as that man is crazy, he has a heart of gold. You know, we set up a meeting. I went to my friend. Um, I went with my friend to meet him because the media had already, you know, portrayed these people as people who always want to take advantage. But for some reason, he was just too good to me. I found favor. We just talked. We had good bands we banter we 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 i think we gisted a bit and then straight to radio i got on radio that same day like 
I know I'm a natural, you know, I, <laughs> I pride myself in it. I'm, I'm a natural. But yeah, he put me on radio that same day. I think I made a good impression as well. And Nedu made me love radio again because that show was something I looked forward to. It was a night show and I would drive from Aja to VI at night, 11 p.m. to do radio and then drive back home. I didn't care about my safety. I didn't care about security. I didn't care that I was doing a free job because I offered to intern. I was just always happy because there were people I spoke to on radio. There were already people that were looking forward to hear my voice and people I was looking forward to, to, you know, to talk to. So yeah, that was my first radio experience. Although that was, not my, that was my first radio experience as an OAP because I'd worked radio before. But this was my first radio that was doing school and internships and all of that. But this was my first radio gig as an OAP. So from Wazobia to Sound City, then to the last radio station that doesn't deserve a name because I'm still salty at them and they still didn't pay me my 10 months salary to date. Anyway, I had done content creation, I'd done radio, I'd acted in movies. Oh, Lulu was the first person to give me my first paying acting gig. By the way, please check out Living With You on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's a YouTube series. I think it's about 10 or 11 episodes. And guess who is on the episode? Or guess who was a major character too? Mwah! Me! <laughs> yeah, so I'd done a few projects with her. I had done TV. But my last video experience had taken away the joy of radio. So I needed a break. As much as I enjoyed radio, I needed a break because um, because of my experience with this last radio station. Anyway, 2022, I was feeling stuck. Uh, I wasn't feeling creative for myself, but I was creating projects for other people. I was giving out ideas and seeing people give the ideas life. But for myself, I felt stuck. So I thought maybe the problem was me. I was doing Wuru to the answer. I didn't go to school to learn to make movies. So how am I producing a movie? Or I didn't learn to school to, you know, to go and learn how to speak as an OAP because I felt I was a natural. But if I professionally learned this thing, it would help me with direction and creativity. Talent alone at this point was not working for me. And I didn't have a sponsor or sugar sponsor. So where do I start from, you know? But at this point, I was supposed to... I was, I think at 2021, I was supposed to put out two movie projects about the same time, but, you know, money, people, structure had messed up a whole lot. So I decided to go to South Africa to do masters in film and video. I found a school that gave me the opportunity to learn both at the same time. So I had done all the preparation. I had paid some fees. Um, I had done a whole lot. I was ready to go. I was just waiting for my visa. Then Nigeria Embassy decided to show me Shigi. I waka, I did all I could. These people ended up not giving me the visa months after the school had resumed. Me that have already sold all my properties and didn't renew my rent. Me and my landlord self even first because it's sure for me. I didn't even bother looking back. I did not know that. Yeah, but, but I was so angry that I almost got depressed because uh, that was the only plan I had at the time. I just wanted to go and learn this thing and then come back and work. I was already, but before then though, I was already not seeing taking a vacation to Kenya. So when South Africa didn't work, man, depression was already waving from a distance like, hey, boo boo. But without a plan at that time, without a concrete plan, without knowing what to do or what I would do, I knew that, okay, I was just going to go to Kenya and go and do radio. I just packed my bag, the money I had left, and I moved to Kenya. I needed to breathe. 
my mom was talking marriage my dad was obviously waiting for the result of the career i went to pursue my brothers were brothering in a way my friends were friending in a way you know i i was just i felt like i was in the middle of that you know when you're in the middle of something and water just keeps spoiling on you you don't even have like space to breathe you can't bring your head out of the water because water that's how i felt i just needed to breathe and the air in lagos was suddenly too tight for me i did everything to make sure i wasn't thinking too much but of course life being life you must not think i was already feeling like a failure and i'm not a failure but i never talk about my true feelings like i said i masked my feelings well my friend who was my manager then she knew something was off she knew me to an extent she knew i couldn't be alone there were times i would go weeks without answering calls or messages i could be posting online and i wouldn't talk to anyone or even have for months for weeks then i'll look for someone to help with the distraction till i recycle the process again she knew something was off but i didn't let her in i was seriously masking it with new company i just met lots of shallow conversations and silence but i knew if i was honest about how i felt or what i was going through deep down i won't have followed through with my plans to move for a bit but at this time i didn't need saving i needed to be by myself and outside the family again you know the only difference between then and now is i'm older now i knew where i missed it and why i burnt out but starting afresh can be an acknowledgement for failure what will people say what will my dad say what will you know what would i tell my mom so i told myself the reason they would have anything to say or something to say is because i'm alive if suicide kicks in and wins it will be all for nothing you know so i packed my bags and i left when people ask me why i am traveling and for how long i say i don't know how long and i say therapy because that was the truth i didn't know i didn't know for how long until i come out on the other side also i knew i needed therapy but first i had to get through to myself before any therapist can get to me every other therapy i had done had been a waste because i was i was never i was never vulnerable because how can i be vulnerable to children that can just find me on google or instagram vulnerability always comes back to hurt me that's what i always told myself at least but in truth it has always helped me have experiences that i would have had differently if i wasn't vulnerable vulnerability helped me grow if if you change if you change how you see things unconsciously those things change how they start to manifest in your life so i changed my thought about my ability to be vulnerable i don't like how it makes i don't like how vulnerability makes me feel but i am working on it because being vulnerable is part of living now imagine smiling daily having companion living like you're happy but deep down dealing with life missing family missing the familiar dealing with figuring yourself out self-identity career identity you know missing nigerian food and living on a budget while having occasional emotional drama while having little or no encouragement because nobody knows or understand what you're dealing with and you cannot get yourself to talk about it because everyone is also dealing with life as we know it but i am a beautiful woman who was the life of the party living in a different country where almost everything works the weather is great everything is in place to make life easy yet i was a beautiful living wreck but guess who carried it so well Moi, I carried it so well that if I didn't tell you, you would think my only problem or worries in life was money. 
Suffering in silence should have been my second name because even in relationship, I used to suffer in silence. You see, I say used to because never again in Jesus' name, amen. I would always pick my peace of mind and sanity over conversations that could trigger me because even me, I did think. So I select what would stress me. You know, there's something I do. It's this hard guy thing. When I know I'm about to cry, I hold it back, but I start to shake. And I start to tell myself how strong I am. I think when I want to cry, and I am ashamed is the only time I tell myself how strong I am. I think when I want to cry and I'm ashamed, it makes me feel weak. And I don't think that should be the case. But anyway, I I think I think and I don't think that should be the case. But growing up, I remember that when I cry, because I'm a very I'm 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 a very sensitive and emotional person. So um a stranger might not make me cry, but a family member can do the slightest thing and I'll cry because I'm like, your family, you shouldn't be hurting me this way. Friends can do something I'm like, you shouldn't be doing this to me because you're my friend, but a stranger can do it and get away with it. But that's how I attach emotions to people. So um, growing up when I cry a lot, they'll tell me, why are you crying? They discredit the reason for my tears because they seemed very little. So when I was hurt and I cried, I was always um, feeling like I, I was not enough to make me cry so i would just bottle it up and then um over time i found myself trying not to cry especially when people are there i try to like keep my tears to myself because i didn't want anybody discrediting my reason for crying until i met people that made me understand that you know crying is okay my mom used to tell me crying was okay but my mom too was a cry baby and i used to see her hide and cry so are you joking how can you be preaching what you're not practicing anyway now i cry I cry shower, but um, I'm still always a little embarrassed that I think now my embarrassment is not during the tears it's after the tears, then I start to apologize for crying, so I'm still working on that as well because there's no need to apologize for crying you know, so I don't know what I'm trying to prove to myself or why I think crying makes me weak I'm still discovering life and growing you know at first, instead of crying, I would sulk until depression kicks in and then I would sit with the depression for as long as it takes that was a joy stealing habit and i didn't like it so now i cry with little or no shame but i can't wait to get to the point where i need to express my emotions by crying and know sincerely that it's okay to cry and it doesn't make me weak you know so yeah i did that radio i did tv now you know why i moved i'm currently here you know i've done therapy therapy was healing was helpful it was insightful and the only reason i i got the results um, I got now, I think it's because I was vulnerable and I asked for help. I knew when to ask for help. Like, a situation pushed me to ask for help and I'm glad because I knew I had too much I needed to unpack and deal with. I wasn't as kind to myself as I was kind to everyone. I didn't forgive myself easily or make excuses for myself the way I did for others. I held myself, I, I held myself too high in my books to make mistakes. Even when I'm hurt or people hurt me, I look for where I caused it or how I was a part of or how I, I was the reason the person did what they did. You know, I would beat myself up over little issues or mistakes. In fact, I, there was a time I used to punish myself that even when I could afford something for myself, I'd tell myself I didn't deserve it because, you know, what I did to me, I felt like it required a consequence. Then I would, I would, I'll not see me depriving myself as a reminder to not repeat that mistake again. I was just too hard on myself. You know, I sat on bitterness for so long. I had too many, I had, I had this level of anger in me that I don't know where it came from. I think, um, according to therapy, I think it came from disappointment and the fact that I didn't want to believe that person or these people could dis- could have disappointed me in life. You know, so I'm just holding on to the anger and looking for where else, but 
identifying the issue you know knowing where to channel this energy as has helped so yeah i can say that you know therapy helped to a point um i'm no longer as bitter as i was i'm i love myself again i'm self-aware i'm now i now have this healthy relationship with myself i have a healthy relationship with people around me you know i'm beginning to readdress places i should readdress in my life connect with people i should connect with you know also i've always loved to live in different countries see new places and experiences you know and experience the place for at least a month like my my life growing up i've always wanted to like travel to a country and live there for like a month not just go and visit for like a week and all of that no i actually wanted to travel to places and experience the country like live one month here, live like i wanted a world tour i'm not even joking but first um i needed to find myself i needed to know who i was without the noise and pressure i was still scared of being alone I think I, I was so scared that I confused myself along the way. I do not regret it though. In fact, I think it was the best decision I made last year. Although I didn't carry God along like I should, I have amended my relationship with God as well. That's for another episode. I have detoxed. I have a better and sweet relationship with myself. You know, I'm more self-aware. I now have a job as a, make, as a marketing associate in a fintech company. I am back on Instagram creating content. My podcast are the light of day. I'm connecting with families. I am in a better place mentally. I have grown. I have I have the friends I need because this period really purged me of people I attach much importance to. You know, I am I am working on everything that triggers my evolution. Evolution is a lack of motivation. Please just Google. Um intentionally setting boundaries and limits. And I am looking forward to moving back to Nigeria and traveling to more countries. But moving back to Nigeria is happening. Yeah, it's happening, but it choked because it, it requires a lot of money at once. Yeah, I pay my rent. I pay my bills monthly. Nigeria, I have to pay a year. Agency, agreement, this one, that one. I have to pay a year. I have to furnish the apartment with basic needs first at least because I already sold all my properties when I was living in Nigeria. So please, if you have any apartment or know someone that can get me a great affordable apartment or you have a house nobody's living in and you just, you know, or you can sponsor because at this point, like I want to open go for me account i'll start dming my account numbers to people instead of dming that i can take care of their kids god i beg <laughs> me god no shame <laughs> anyway you know um uh it's more good than harm to ask for help please if you need help ask for help talk to someone um and please know that it's okay to cry crying doesn't take away from you and that you cry that your cry doesn't make you a weak person or make you shallow or whatever whatever you tell yourself and the fact that you don't cry doesn't make you a stronger person or prove that you handle things so well you know sometimes we need family sometimes we also need to take time away from family at times it is important to know it's time to return home like the prodigal son um, to family and loved ones it's also important to know when to walk away and walk back in or shut the door completely but I'm here now on this podcast telling you I survived. I survived depression. I survived loss. I survived emotional confusion and trauma. I survived brokenness and joblessness, if that's a thing. I survived setbacks and stagnation. I survived disappointments and failed promises. I'm surviving evolution. So what's that thing you're currently surviving that feels like it wouldn't end? It's easy to say now because, you know, I'm on the other side and have survived it but i understand and i know how it feels but what kept me going was hope 
knowing that I have a purpose. I had hope and I also knew that I had a purpose. I was now, you know, more self-aware and I knew what I wanted to do with life. So I knew that, you know, I couldn't let these things win over me. I had to win. Do you get? So I know that um, if my purpose is to send you this podcast to give you hope, I'm happy because I know you too will come out stronger, better, and more self-aware. You wouldn't even recognize yourself at the end of it because this person talking to you right now would have felt she had no right or imposter syndrome would have kicked in or I wasn't in the best position to say what I'm saying right now. But, you know, I have a booming podcast that is listened to in over five countries. I just had to stay to the game. But hello, (laughs) I'm an EV. I know who I am now and so would you. But don't wait till the noise stops. Sometimes you have to be the one to stop the noise. You know, you have to make the life you want happen for yourself. Anyway, uh, I got suggestions to talk about my relationship so far. But the truth is, some things shouldn't be given energy to. I'm, I'm still petty here. I don't think people I dated matter so much that I have to discuss them on my podcast. And I don't intend spending my time and your precious time to talk about them. They aren't all bad. But not giving unnecessary attention to certain things is also self-care. So if you're someone I dated, <laughs> I want to hear your story on this podcast. This is not a case of, ah, my ex don't go do podcasts, you hear my secret now. I'm still petty, but no, it's not going to happen. This podcast is still, you know, you don't need all that energy. So all you need to know is I'm healing in certain areas I need to heal. And I don't want to get into a relationship and hurt someone else's child or not give my complete haul or be vulnerable so i'm doing the work so i can meet someone i'm doing the work so i can meet someone you see what i did here you see what i did here you like what you see <laughs> damn but i'm sure that sooner than i even think i'll be ready to mingle because i'll have more location security i'll know where i want to live freely i'll be more settled and sweeter because right now i'm still working on pulling down the fences i have built around my emotions and allowing myself to be vulnerable in that way again you know it's part of the work that's still in progress. So so by the time I'm ready, I will also know what I want and need clearly in a person. I was even put on this assignment. Let me let me share with you. Um, um, let me share with you. Uh, I was told before you love again, you need to answer these five questions. The first one is describe the love you deserve. The second one is how do you know you are ready to commit? Um, this is because I'm not getting younger and I want marriage and I want kids. So I need to be ready to commit because now I'm aware that I want marriage. Now I'm aware I want kids. And to get this, I need to commit. I need to know, am I ready to commit? Thirdly, how much does distance matter to me? And is distance important? I've always done distance distance relationships. I've always done distance relationships. And I think it has become a pattern for me where I am fully myself only when there is distance. So I want to be, I want to know that it's not distance is not that important in my life and i can actually have a healthy relationship in the same space with the person without being scared of getting tired or losing interest um fourthly what is worth being patient for like your patience in a relationship the things you tolerate because in every relationship no matter how much you say uh, i'm a feminist i don't want to take this there are some things you would take because of the relationship and those things you're taking it out of patience so do you have the patience for it is the patience you have what's this um lastly do you think what you found is love like when i find the person and i'm experiencing the person i don't want to confuse um myself 
or tell myself this is love when it's not love so when i know these things when i can answer these five questions and they align with me internally then i'll know i am ready to give love a chance i haven't been able to honestly answer all genuinely but i've been able to answer one genuinely so i'm still a work in progress so we have four more to go so no relationship or entanglement for now i want my next experience to be an amazing defined relationship and i'm doing the work patiently so i can be an amazing person for that person and then we can both create exploit together you know so regardless of my relationship status or yours i tell you with my full chest that you listening to me right now either from Cotonou or malaysia or italy you are amazing and i see you even if it's just audio i see you spiritually all the hard work you put to make yourself better you're doing well let me put up this mic before i become a motivational speaker start talking silly so please share the podcast play it in your office or your homes send it to your lovers play it in your workspace or your motivational group all my exes please listen to it even if you cannot support me please listen to it share it you know do make it a gift to somebody you care about you know play it in your car um, play it on repeat sleep listening to it you know eat while you're listening to my podcast make babies while you're listening to my podcast to help the baby's mental growth you know work listening to it let's touch more countries and more people i'm your host for the most the baddest strongest bravest most intelligent international global beautiful elegant NEV. and this is the edit podcast by the way i have just for you hmm. this one i must say it in fact it will just be the gist for the next episode. In fact, I'm going to say because I talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye.